I was focusing on me. I wasn't, I wasn't looking at myself through the lens of all of them. Wow. Yeah. That really hit me. Yeah. I wasn't looking at myself through the lens of all of them. Yeah. That's fucking good. Thank you. Welcome back to another episode of Checked Baggage. I'm Preston. I'm Courtney. And this is episode four. Episode four. Already. Yeah. Kind of. It feels like already and also like that's it. (laughs) Anyways. um, Okay. Let's just jump right into our carry-ons. Yeah. Yeah. What is yours? Because you seem very eager about it. I have been obsessed with an album. It's by Teddy Swims. Have you ever heard of him? Never. Oh my God. So he, I've, I remember hearing him before and really loving his voice, but I don't know what happened. I just. What like genre? Like soul kind of, but he's okay. like, I don't know. He, he looks like this. He has like tattoos on his face. He's kind of like post, if post Malone was <gasps> Wait, like a crooner. I just saw a video of him show up on my discover Stop. weekly. This probably discover weekly. <laughs> um, and it's called, I've tried everything but therapy part one. His voice oh my god this album it's just it's so like kind of like southern comfort and does he sing like that lewis capaldi guy what does he sing him like him like does he have that style of voice kind of as like it's kind of yeah like a belcher because i saw british the literal the video i saw i literally thought it was lewis capaldi and then i was like well lewis capaldi hasn't an accent here i'll play a little snippet of it so i'm obsessed with this album and i'm so upset because i got really into the album playing it just repeat all day Mm -hmm. and then i saw like last week he was playing a show at terminal five which is like down in where my last apartment was oh wow and i was so sad because i couldn't go because i had other prior obligations but i was like of course i would become obsessed with this album be like oh my gosh i wonder if he's gonna be playing near me and then oh yeah he is and i can't go yeah that's but that's my my check package that his voice if you haven't listened to it listen to it um don't be dumb like me and sleep on it because yum what's his name again teddy swims so in my carry-on i have a question for you, you said that i so saw this <laughs> so in my carry-on i have a question for you <laughs> dang sorry i'll dial it down i saw this question on my Instagram feed. I don't remember who said it and I'm going to filter it again because it was just such a good question. So whoever said this first, I'm really sorry, but this is the question. Ready? If you saw a song collaboration between two artists that you thought would just be so unreal, like you would literally think it was fake. Like if, you saw it like scrolling through your feed it's like this song just came out by this person and this person Mm -hmm. what like who would be that's a really hard question i wish you would have given me more time to think about that i'm really sorry that's really hard but like my dream collaboration but they'd actually have to sound good not necessarily like your dream it would just be like if you saw it you'd be like that's there's no way this is real okay actually do have an answer i feel like if it was taylor and beyonce right like i i would literally in the comment section somebody said taylor because they've been friends for a really long time and like she came out too yeah uh, since the whole kanye thing when beyonce 
and Kayla were in the same category for like music video, I think. Mm-hmm. And he goes up on stage and takes it, the mic from her, and is like, Beyonce should have got this. Mm. I think, I didn't I think know since that. then, trauma bond, you know? Um, <laughs> but I think if I saw that, I'd be like, no way. Like, yeah, I'd be like, that's not But Beyonce real. went to her movie premiere, and Beyonce like never does things like that. And so like, I Taylor made a whole post actually. and was like, I really appreciate it. Wow. But I think that's who I'd be like, what? Yeah. What about you? I really don't know. I would probably say... Like Ariana Grande and Taylor Swift. (laughs) (laughs) I'd probably say like... I'd probably say Camila Cabello and Bad Bunny. Oh. Because they're both so big right now, but they're so different. Mm -hmm. Like they're both Latin artists, but I feel like they're just in two different worlds almost. You know who I want to see collab? Who? Sam Smith and Bad Bunny. Are you kidding me? Like, that give me that crazy. summer anthem. That would go off. Wait. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Let me make some phone calls. We'll yeah. make this happen. Just guys, tra- you know, tag them. Yeah. So those were our carry-ons. Yes. Let's get right into episode four. So this episode is called Toxic 20s. And it's all about the toxicity in, your 20s. in our 20s in every possible way that you can imagine. <laughs> So it's very light. So just like, you know, toxicity in our 20s. So I'm 27 and you are? 25. 25. So we've got a good, quite a good few years in our 20s. Yeah. To um, You're almost experience. done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually, I've never really, like my age to me, like I'm not someone who's like, oh my God, I'm getting old. Like kind of like in a joking way once mm-hmm. in a while. But I'm like, honestly, like I can't wait to get in my 30s. No, but I've been seeing that like, the 30s is it like the 30s is your prime the 30s is the peak because 30s it's when you start losing all of your insecurities and you're like establishing your career and like that's the time 30 flirty thriving right but i also like yes but i'm also like trying to be more mindful and enjoy my 20s instead of just like (laughs) get through these last two years because i kept just I can't wait to be 30. I can't wait to, because I feel like I felt that same way about 25. Like I always, I always idolized that age. I'm like, Oh, I'll have like a career. I'll be in a relationship. I'll like have an apartment at least like, you know, like mm-hmm. have these big milestones. And then I turned 25 and I was like, mm. can I have 10 more years? Can, yeah. I, can we push this back? But I'm just, yeah, but something, I am excited. Okay. But something I've realized turning 25 is like, okay, turning 25 was really hard for me because yeah. I feel like 25, it was like, you're in your mid-20s. Yeah. Like, you're not, like, I was out of college at this you're point. All, and you're like, also in New City. Right I was like, graduating. I'm like an adult now, like an actual adult. I'm not like, yeah. oh, I'm a college student. No. So, like, turning 25, it kind of hit me, and I was like, I'm like a man. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I do, I do. But what was I saying? Oh, you were saying you were a man. <laughs> no. Okay. So, what I realized turning 25 is that when you get to 25 it's almost like whoa like i should be doing all this and this and this like i should be established i should have a relationship i should be you know financially stable i should be like in a really nice house but then like the more i've been 25 i've realized like there's so much to do still so there's the rest of the 20s there's the all of the 30s all of the 40s all of the 50s like you see like Real Housewives of New York City, for instance, they're yeah. all like 30s, 40s or years old, yeah. and they have a reality show. Yeah. Like life doesn't they're stop living after the 20s. Life. Exactly. Yeah. 
so yes i have been i just started getting into um the real housewives of new york and i love it so far so yeah all right so toxicity in our 20s where to even begin i feel like there are so many avenues that we could go down so we're trying to keep this a little bit more succinct yes um but i think we so okay tell me i have a question for you oh first of all we should pinpoint some actual toxicity that we've had in our 20s Okay. So what are some like toxic points you've had up 20 from 20 <laughs> from mm. 20 to 27? To- what do you mean? Like examples of ho- toxic things in my life? Yeah. What's been oh. toxic for I've, you? There's been so Let's many start things. with the early 20s. Okay. Early 20s. Honestly, I think for me, the most toxic thing in my early 20s was the friend group I was in. I, I didn't really, like, date a lot in college. I was very, like, mm-hmm. focused on school and my career and, like, figuring my life out. And mm-hmm. also we went to a we went to a college. Um, and so I think a lot of that, I, I was always so weary of getting into toxic relationships, mm-hmm. um, romantic relationships, that I totally just didn't realize that I was in a, quite a few toxic friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really thought that I had escaped that when I saw my friends like dating shitty guys. I was like, oh, I would never date a shitty guy. No, I was just like best friends with like, you know, some not great people. Yeah. Um, so I think it was mostly like friends. And then I also think like in a way I was toxic to myself, like the How? behaviors I was choosing um, before I started working on my mental health and like going to therapy. Like I just my brain was toxic. It was just a little why dumpster Were you just, fire like, hard on yourself or? oh for sure yeah i was definitely hard on myself i didn't think that i had any anxiety or depression which is really funny because i would always describe myself as like really stressed or like really mm-hmm. just i'm always just like nervous girl like oh that was anxiety it was so anxious but i didn't know the language for it so i'd always be like oh i'd get in funks easily mm-hmm. um and just kind of be hard on myself and i think that also made friendships harder and then being at the school that we were at was also its own added pressure but mm-hmm. yeah i think toxic and then there's like you know some guys relationship stuff that was definitely toxic stuff i let happen that now i, I would never even consider you know yeah but yeah so mostly friendships for me what about you so i guess my toxicity in my early 20s was definitely my first relationship that was probably the most toxic that was probably one of my most toxic as well <laughs> i didn't date that person i was just best friends with that I person. Dated that person and it was wow toxic yeah it was yeah, toxic. definition yeah because do you feel like now that you are older do you feel like you have the same amount the same kinds of toxic patterns or like you fall into like the same toxic relationships or like what did you or what do you think there's a difference from then I think and now? I've grown out of a lot of stuff in my early 20s I was really into the back and forth I was into mm. the push and pull the I was into the anxious avoidant I oh. was into the the chase I was into that like off and on relationship Why? vibe I think it's because I liked that I was always, it was always in the front of my mind. Mm. It was like, like distracted you. Yeah, from because else. I feel like I was really 
outside of that relationship, I was dealing with so much. Yeah. Moving to LA by myself, moving out of the house for the first time. Yeah. Getting plugged into the acting industry and like going to auditions and stuff and then moving into our first apartment in LA it was just like I think I was just distracting from all of that and then I was able to like put it into that relationship instead Mm. so I think that's why I was so intrigued and I think now going through a relationship like that it's just not fun anymore I'm just not into it yeah why what do you you feel like was the do you feel like there's like a breaking point where you're like this just can't be anymore or is it like a slow burn i definitely had a a very specific day i'll never forget a very specific day towards the end of that relationship where it hit me and i was like i couldn't eat like even if i wanted to i couldn't even like it anymore Mm. and enjoy it even like was it like a certain action that was like the or was it just like, like was, what was specific about that day that really woke you up? Well, first of all, I was cheated on, so. <laughs> Which I is, like, like, your I, biggest. Yeah, that yeah. was always my biggest fear. And then, it like, happening to me, it was kind of like, oh. But we even got back together after that. And I think it's just because my trauma, my brain just blocked it out. But I think even after that, it got to a point where I was just like, how long am I going to do this? Am I going to be like 35 years old and I'm still going to be going back and forth? Like, I I feel like I just got to a point where I was like, I don't want to put myself through this anymore. I would literally like I looked horrible. Like my eyes were baggy all the time. Dark circles. Like I looked like a zombie. Like people were literally like, are you OK? Like I'll come to work. Red eyes. I'd yeah. be sobbing in the You're bathroom. Like, no, girl. I'm not. Right. Like I literally was. <laughs> I used to work at Forever 21. I remember. And. I had found out that soon after we broke up that one of my coworkers saw them on a date with somebody and I was like, oh, I remember that. Yeah. And so I literally ran to the bathroom, sobbing in the bathroom. And my manager's like, do you want to go home? Like, we'll let you go. And I was like, no, like, I'm going to work. I'm going to make money. I'm not going to let this whatever. But that was a specific point too. I was like, there's no way that I'm going to start letting this bleed into the rest of my life and start dictating everything else. Like I need to start focusing on what I want, need to focus on and like get stuff done. That That was was a crazy, crazy relationship. But I think how I've just shifted between then and now is since I've already been through that, I know all the harm it causes And so, like, every time, you know, little red flags will come up in other people where I'm like, oh, that's really similar. It, like, my body, even my body automatically rejects it. It's like, nope, we're not doing that again. So. Yeah. The the phrase, we live and we learn, is a real phrase. You do live and you definitely (laughs) learn. Hopefully. Some people don't learn, I feel like. I feel like a lot of people are doing the living part, but not the learning. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I kind of have a similar like mindset like the toxicity in all relationships platonic or romantic i i think i've always just even as a coping mechanism and sometimes i think sometimes that's can that can be like my flaw mm-hmm. is that like i'm quick to cut things off which why which why which is why it's really interesting that you know some of the other relationships that i've had like my friendships have gone really long because like in romantic relationships the second i start to sense something weird or like nope i don't want that um 
but I think I kind of got tired of being miserable. I got tired yeah. of just the same rep, like you're saying, the same repetition of doing the same thing over and over and being upset and like nothing changing. And I finally just had to come to the realization one day that like this is all happening because I'm allowing this to happen or like exactly. I'm not leaving this relationship. You know, I've tried, but I also think part of me, I think I had to go through it though. I had to fight tooth and nail and try everything and have the hard talks and, you know, do this and that and like the back and forth because mm -hmm. I wanted to believe that I had exhausted every option before fully walking away. But that's very me. It's like, but once yes. I get to that point, like it, it's done. Like I can't, I did everything I could, but I, yeah, it, it kind of was like a slow burn for me where I was just tired of getting hurt. And I was like, yeah. it can't always be like this. And I think the other thing was, I started having other relationships after college and like making different friends mm -hmm. and it was it was easy it was easy yeah. to be friends with them and I was like oh like this it was kind of like a breath of fresh air and I think that's what like fully woke me up and it was like the growing pains that I'd been feeling over you know the past couple years months whatever like I had felt it and I think I knew it was coming but I I feel like it's almost like when you know you should break up with someone, but you're like, ah, oh, but I just mm -hmm. not yet. That's how it felt with those friends. And then making those new friends and them just being a, a healthy adult friendship. I was like, oh, it can feel like this. Right. It doesn't have to feel so painful. Exactly. And then so when I was going back to those friends, I had even less patience and like was just frustrated so much easier because I was like, mm -hmm. oh, you're no, this just isn't working. We're just we're not mixing together anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I think then it was like, yeah, I have to, I have to do the right thing because yeah. no one wants to be the one to call it. And so I think, unfortunately, I, for a lot of friendships that have ended, um, kind of look like the bad guy because I'm the one who usually is oh, like, same. I'm going to call it because no one else is, but like, it's not working. I'm the friend that everybody says like ghosts them. <laughs> but in reality, yeah, like it's just it puts it into perspective once you get sh friends that are healthy friendships yeah. and like they reach out to you and they put in the work it's like why would i continue to keep this dying friendship when i have all of these other new ones coming in healthier ones yeah that are actually like improving my overall well-being like there's no reason i should even keep this alive anymore yeah it w especially when i feel like I felt like I was the only one keeping it alive. Right. And I, it was it was almost like, not like a test, but it was like, I wonder if I stopped fighting, mm -hmm. if there would be anything happening. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, I was the one causing, you know, fires to them. But like, that's all that the end of our friendship was, was just me trying not to let that fire go out. Mm -hmm. And then once I stopped, like, you know, figuring it out, they were like, eh, ooh. It's like the little test. Sometimes I do a little test with people. Yeah. More times it's in relationships rather than friendships. But that like, I'll go silent. <laughs> and I'll see how long it takes for them to like, you know, reach out. So do you still find yourself being pulled into other like toxic situations, whether it's with friends or relationships? Um, as a 27-year-old? I... I mean, probably, yeah, right? Like, I feel like there's always going to be some part of that that sticks around. Like, I'm never going to be, like, completely toxic-free. Sorry. Mm -hmm. I think that with my newer friendships and 
and or friendships that have you know maybe taken a pause or like i've rekindled and like decided that you know me and the other person decided like this is worth it we're gonna figure this out and like figure out an adult friendship Mm. um i don't think those ones have like the draw of the toxicity and i think you know i did moving across the country and moving to new york was really a fresh start for me and Mm. i i went through a period of mourning the first year here was really hard it was a drastic change from southern california and i felt really lost but like I'd made the best decision. I knew I didn't make the wrong decision, but then there's a part of me that was still so scared because that safety net of the friendships I'd let go that weren't serving me and they were let go for a good reason, I didn't have my squad. I didn't have my girls. And mm-hmm. so I felt like, oh my God, what did I just do? Did I just fuck my whole life up? Like I just, I left everything. But I think after mourning that, I started making friends in the city and I have friends here that I have such a deep relationship with because time truly means nothing mm-hmm. when it comes to term to like a relationship. And these friendships have been so fulfilling and so like, honestly, just like bringing life back into me because I felt like after those friendships that had ended after a really long time, like many years, I was like, I don't want to make new friends. I don't want to have mm-hmm. to, I don't want to go through that. I don't want to put myself into another situation for it to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I am much pickier as an adult who I let into my inner circle. I feel like I'll be acquaintances with anybody. I get along with like oh, almost anybody, you know, unless you're like mm-hmm. outright just rude and an asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have a, I, a lot of acquaintances, but like people that I want to spend my time with and like really invest in is like a very small circle and every once in a while i still get a little self-conscious about that especially around birthdays when it's like planning a birthday thing and i'm like i've got like four friends <laughs> but i'm like but i have four friends who are really good fucking friends right. compared to like i've got like 15 friends who all talk shit about me and don't even like me mm-hmm. see that's how i think i've changed getting into my mid-20s compared to my early 20s i was so I needed a big group of people. I needed a big circle. I needed to always have somebody to go out with or hang out with. And like, I needed to be popular and I needed to be liked by everybody, which I still, you know, want to be. But I think it's changed more to, I'd rather have a small circle of really close friendships who, you know, are Mm -hmm. proven to be like, we'll be there yeah that's how it's changed so like having a smaller circle is a good thing so like if you guys like if you only have like a small handful of friends honestly i think that's better when i see people who have huge friend groups it makes me give them a side eye i'm like what's happening like i feel like there's some there's some trauma we're not working on and we're like hiding because it's like i think that's it those are the times when i feel the most like boohoo me i only have like four friends is when i'm avoiding myself and i don't mm-hmm. want to deal with the thoughts in my head so i need a distraction because i'm like oh my four friends are busy what am i gonna do be by myself but i think it's such a common thing i see so many people it's like as you get older into your 20s you like lose friends yeah. you start being alone more and it's yeah. like i've come to a point where i'd rather be alone than like always being around people or whatever like i love being by myself yeah well i think for me and i think like maybe the reason that you kind of have this like you know huge overhaul of friends as you get older i think at least for me i i feel like i've become more confident in who i am and the things that matter to me and my morals and values and like i'm at the age now where it's like years and like i'm an adult now so it's like if i'm surrounding myself with people who like consistently are on the other side of things that i'm passionate about or things i care about or things i believe in Mm -hmm. i'm like 
what what like we are just so fundamentally different and i think when you start growing up you get to choose the pieces of your family or you know whatever that's mm-hmm. making you and like i feel like my pieces have finally like formed like an adult woman mm-hmm. and then when i looked at all my other friends like i think part of it was just truly growing pains and we just grew into ourselves mm-hmm. and i wasn't going to sacrifice my identity anymore or like make myself small exactly. but i didn't agree with what they wanted and so it's like you kind of i think you're choosing your life path and some of our friends choose very different life paths than us and i don't think that's always a bad thing either but i think you have to have a mutual understanding of like we're living two different lives but i can mm-hmm. still fully support you where my friends were like you're living a life that i would never choose therefore i think you're dumb mm-hmm. and so i think like that's probably why you get out of college you start to really have to decide like where do you want to live where do you mm-hmm. want to work work your relationships and so you have to decide like do i like how you're living your life you can live it it's your life but i don't have to live it next mine next to yours right that's the point i was gonna make is i got to a point where i was saying I would rather be by myself than surrounded by a bunch of very shallow friendships mm-hmm. that I felt like I was overworking to be in. Exactly. I'm like, why am I working so... Because that's the thing. Relationships are work, right? Like, of course, sure. But I'm like, when you leave hanging out with those friends and you feel more drained than like... It's mm-hmm. like the same thing with dating. I wouldn't date someone who negatively took away from my life. Right. So like, I want friends who add like positive like oh i feel so good oh it reminds you grounds me when i hang out with them like and i think that was the thing for me is like when i moved to new york and kind of started over with just like a few friends i thought that i would be a lot more devastated to have left all of that but honestly it kind of felt like a relief i was like Mm. oh oh i can kind of breathe and i think that's when i knew it was the right moment and i knew that i had made the right decision for me and those friendships because i was just like it's just this is i was focusing on me i wasn't i wasn't looking at myself through the lens of all of them wow yeah that really hit me yeah i wasn't looking at myself through the lens of all of them yeah that's fucking good thank you but i think going back to that though is that i took a long time to cut off that friendship those friendships even when i knew that i should have done it sooner like people had told me and like i could see the signs and like i remember having these like just just moments in la driving down downtown la stuck in traffic on the 110 and just bawling Mm -hmm. but like absolutely bawling and i couldn't stop being friends with them and i think about them like what like why why in that moment was i not like this is crazy (laughs) like this is not this is not worth it anymore Mm -hmm. but i think we are drawn to toxicity in our 20s because i think it's almost like okay stay with me i'm gonna okay. give you this metaphor but it's like you know when someone is like if, um deficient in the vitamins so like say like i have, i'm anemic and so like i'm deficient in iron and so iron or people who are deficient in iron sometimes will crave really weird things like they can either they chew on ice or they crave like dirt or paint like something weird like that right mm-hmm. or i remember reading like an article about like you know if you have especially after you're sick or something like every time i've had like a low immune moment something sick or whatever i always crave like meat after like red meat like a burger or something Mm -hmm. and so a lot of these times these cravings or your body's telling you that it's it needs something it's missing an essential something and so i feel like in our early 20s and you know or however long in your teens even into your early 20s we crave these kind of toxic relationships because 
wherever we were missing something in our childhoods growing up we're trying to find these in these relationships mm. now and so if it's like you know a, someone dating someone you want someone to choose you you want someone to fight and come back because mm -hmm. i think it's that also that chase that endorphin rush of like even though the relief might be like this much of like oh that's good and there's way more negative i feel like we get addicted to it you mm -hmm. know it's like but i've tasted this little bit and i want that and it feels so much better mm -hmm. coming after something so toxic mm -hmm. and so i feel like our bodies are reacting in a way so we're like oh but like it's it's bringing up all these emotions and my emotions are jumbled and this, this endorphin rush and so instead of a stomach anemic eating ice cubes we're chasing toxic relationships because we're like i want you to choose me maybe a parent did it mm -hmm. maybe you know whatever it is like we're trying to replace that in different ways but don't always see it as what it is mm -hmm. that's what i think it comes down to i think the bottom line is we're not okay with just ourselves yeah and that's one of my biggest goals of finishing out my 20s like by the time i turn 30 my main goal is to be completely unconditionally comfortable with myself like yeah. if i lost everything all of my family members all of my friends yeah like it would hurt but i would like be okay like mm -hmm. that's my goal yeah because i even know people like 27 28 29 who are still in these horrible toxic relationships and these horrible push and pull moments and like with these horrible friendships and i'm just like i i don't i don't want to do that i think there's a lot of reasons why we crave toxicity why we're okay with it why we whatever for me another reason too is like something as simple as like toxic relationships are so glorified in media and mm -hmm. tv and shows and rom-coms like mm -hmm. growing up on that like you see it all the time usually it's like a straight hetero right so it's like the man is avoidant and the girl's like so in love with him or he's like the hard guy or like the asshole and like no <sighs> one likes him but then oh he's soft shows. for her right like we love those like i think about like gossip girl like chuck and blair like what like, tell me lies like it's exactly mm. like tell me lies and it's like we love it we crave it because it's scandalous we shouldn't want it but it's like we all want the bad boy who's good for just us mm -hmm. like we all it's like an ego thing we all mm -hmm. think like oh but i want to be the one who can change him i want to be the one that can change her or like i you know i'm going to be the one person to like stick around because no one else has like think about when you've had warnings about friends or like relationships and they're like you shouldn't date that person that's not gonna end well and you're like but it's gonna be different with me it's gonna mm -hmm. be different it never is never but it's so glorified and it looks so good because then in a show they show you the like fixed version or like the happily ever after but i'm like that happens in a toxic relationship for a second mm -hmm. but it doesn't ever stay that never. it never stays that no and so i think like we're unfortunately programmed to look for that and to accept that and think that that's normal mm -hmm. and so when we're in non-toxic relationships we get bored or we think oh there's no passion yeah. but that's not that's not what passion is like you don't know that person you guys are just you know what i mean mm -hmm. i'm like it's that's so a really common thing of people and i've found myself in this position too where i confuse peace with boredom, with boredom. yeah and i'm like okay is this relationship boring or right. is it actually like a healthy right because there, there there are boring relationships a mm -hmm. thousand percent do not be in a boring relationship <laughs> But a stable relationship where you're not guessing how the other person feels about you all the time. Right. Or you're not, you know, overthinking a text or you're not having to send that text to your whole group chat and be mm -hmm. like, well, how do I respond to this? Oh, my God. Like, that's that's not passion. That's abuse. That's toxic. Yeah. That's bad. 
you know? And I think that doesn't mean that it can't be hard, but I'm like, ah, but also I love those books. I love those stories because I also, there's still that parting that's like, oh, you know, I can change him because I'm just, I'm different. We can be different. No. I feel like I'm not done yet. Like, I feel like I'll have another relationship right. where it just has a little bit of toxicity. You're craving it a little I'm bit. I'm still 25. Right. I mean, I have a few more years. I just, I feel like maybe it's because we're getting older and I don't have the energy I did when I was 20 years old. Like, I just don't have time for that. I have too many commitments. I have too mm-hmm. many other things that need to take my energy than if Joe was going to text me back. I, right. Joe, am I going to text you back? I don't know. Right. So, yeah, I just have better things to worry about. And I think it's just the amount of sleepless nights we've had and, like, cries. And, like, I got tired of hearing myself cry and complain about things. I got tired of it. I'm like, shut up. Then fix it. Then stop. What are you doing? I gave myself the ick. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, oh, well. Oh, this crying pitiful little girl. Yeah, I looked in the mirror and I really said, ew, girl. (laughs) not this not this and also i went to therapy and i figured out my mental health and then i said oh yeah we were just struggling so i think like you said earlier i think it's if you're in a toxic relationship and or you're trying to figure out if you're in a toxic relationship i guess i think you should take a look inside about how it feels yeah this is one of the tests whoa this is one of the tests how you can tell if you're in a toxic relationship is after you're done hanging out with them, how do you feel? Do you feel energized? Do you feel like better about yourself? Do you feel positive? Yeah. Or when you get home after that date, do you feel like shit? Do you feel yeah. like you hate yourself? Do you feel negative? And do you like, feel tired? And I think the other thing too for me is like, regardless whatever relationship, like, do you feel like you can authentically be yourself? Can you yeah. react to something how you would react if they weren't there? Like, mm-hmm. can you be fully yourself? that's a big test for me or like when i see friends in other relationships too that's one of the first things i notice if i see them like making themselves smaller or like you know trying to be like maybe a polished version i'm like sure maybe you don't need to like burp in their face like the first couple days okay fine but like Mm -hmm. you know i think that's also a good test but well that brings us to our last point is there's always toxic moments in our lives like you said but i feel like the toxic changes I feel like the toxic in my early 20s is not the same as my toxic now. Oh, okay. Elaborate. How are they different? Well, for instance, (laughs) my horribly toxic relationship in my early 20s was my toxic. But I feel like now, my new toxicity, I feel like, is myself. Oh. I feel like I'm so obsessed with the vision I have of my life and getting there and getting there fast. And if I'm not going to get there, it, like, wrecks me inside. I, like, pull myself apart, and I'm like, I'm 25 already. Like, this needs to be done by 30. I need to have this and this and this and this by 30. Should we psychoanalyze that? You know that I, oh, I love to do this. Should of we do course. it? I'm just kidding. He hates when I do this. I do it all the time to all my friends because that's one of my toxic traits. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to prove? I guess I'm trying to prove that my life has big purpose and meaning do you feel like you're trying to prove that to yourself or to someone else myself Hmm. do you think that your life would have meaning if like say you lost your voice and you could never sing again like would your life have no meaning (laughs) yes (laughs) a podcast 
Oh, I almost cried. I can't even think about that. I really don't know. I really don't know. Mm. That's my toxic right now. Mm. How has your toxicity changed? How has my toxicity changed? Um, or is it the same? Definitely not the same. Um, I yeah, like I said, I think, I think, not that my toxicity has changed, maybe, but I think I am still recovering from the response I had to the toxicity. Like, I think that I became really hardened and really skeptical and really pessimistic when it came to friendships and just relationships. And that usually was not me. Like, I'm usually a very trusting, very forgiving, very like, oh, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think I became, yeah, much more of a skeptic. And so I think I'm trying still to, like, bring those walls down and be vulnerable. I think I was very vulnerable in my early 20s and let people in who didn't actually deserve to be let in as yeah. close as I let them. But I used that as like a, if I show you everything, you'll know everything about me. There'll be no surprises. So if you really like me after you know all this, then like we're set, like mm-hmm. you'll like me forever because like I, I can't get worse than this. And so I think I became very closed off. And so it became very hard for me in dating and making new friends because it was like, Oh, I have to like, open up and I think because with my past friends too like they lived with like we were in each other's lives for a lot of like big things that happened so I didn't have to explain it to them we kind of lived it together we're new friends it feels scary because it's like oh I have to slash get to decide how much I tell you how much comes up like what I tell you um and so I think yeah so I think I'm still like recovering from that toxicity but I think I have a little bit like you said too I think like being 27 and calling myself an artist but then being like what do you have to show for it and it's like Mm. that's not how that works like you know what I mean I'm like I journal and I scribble song lyrics that hopefully will become songs someday Mm. that counts as art that's Mm -hmm. my art like you don't have to make money or have a following off of it and I think even with like starting this podcast I was so, so excited and then I'll get really anxious and we're like oh my god is this so dumb is this gonna be embarrassing if like Mm this nothing happens with this if we only have like five followers and then there's like the stubborn part of me and like my true self who's like who cares like you like doing this like you started this exactly and art is art it doesn't matter it's subjective i Mm -hmm. think i love taylor swift some of my closest friends are like can't stand her and i'm Mm -hmm. like you have bad taste but like it's just that's art you know what i mean yeah I started to find myself falling into a little bit of toxic relationships when I first got to New York and kind of letting things slide that I normally wouldn't because I think I had healthy friendships. So I was like, why not make it a little spicy? And then I just became so fucking anxious and so depressed. And I was like, this is what? Like the payout was not worth it. The the dates were not worth it. The sex was not worth it. I was like, look. I'll be celibate and alone forever over those nights. Mm -hmm. And so I think I kind of have like a bounce, like a bouncing back. It depends kind of with my mental health and if I'm avoiding myself because then I'm like, ooh, I want to get tied up in this because it'll distract me. At least I'll be crying over something different or at least I'll, like you were saying, like I'll be stressed about something else. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also like, haha, like, oh, it's funny to like laugh laugh about it with your girls or talk about it over dinner. Like you can make it a whole kind of like act. Yeah. And so I had to call myself on that and I was like, Courtney, why are you even going on dates? Like you don't even want to be 
talking to someone so why are you going and so i think i was a little toxic there i became a little toxic and so i was like not like leading people on but i wasn't going in i guess with the purest intentions yeah if you're in your teens or early 20s like because i don't think there's like a specific like age limit right like i know people who are in their 30s and they're toxic as fuck like Mm -hmm. i know people who are in their 40s and they're toxic as fuck. like Mm -hmm. but i think your body will tell you self-awareness is step number one yeah and then go to therapy but even with self-awareness like tons of stuff starts making sense as like it does as soon as you just start sitting and just identifying feelings yeah so many other things start opening up and just becoming clearer my first year in therapy i so many things started coming up that i did not even realize were like things yeah just because of that self-awareness yes i would literally sit in my therapy and she would literally sit there and be like let's identify this emotion and she would like bring out the emotion wheel and (laughs) she would literally be like point to what you're feeling right now and it sounds stupid it sounds silly but then like you would point to the anger and it's dark blue Mm -hmm. and she's like okay what else are you feeling like can you describe another word yeah and then i would just do that and the more i did it it was like whoa like you can start bringing up like the motivation behind it you can bring up like the reasons why like it's crazy yeah we are big big advocates for therapy i love therapy um i think it is life-changing and it's also just an unbiased person so it's like if you go into therapy and you're telling a story and your therapist is like let's talk like they don't have a reason to like be on your side or not be you know what i mean or not be on your side or to like be like well that feels a little narcissistic like they don't have any skin on the game like they're they don't care about your friends respectfully like Right. it means nothing to them so listen I to think, a therapist i think everyone should be required to go to therapy Everybody. like i think it should be right up there with school it should i think it should, and be, it should be offered and also it should be free and it should be more accessible and affordable because i do right. know that therapy can be a privilege and so if you can go to therapy do it because there's a lot of people who can't go to therapy who would love to yeah but anyway, that's our soapbox about therapy. <laughs> You'll hear that 20 more times. This is a longer episode, but I think it's yeah. necessary. I think. Oh, for sure. And I think we can talk about toxic a million more times. I'm sure we'll yeah. have more stories, more in-depth stories. But yeah. Also, disclaimer, if I'm ghosting you right now, it's really not on purpose. And I'm not doing my little test with you. I just. Right. He I'm ghosted horrible, me today even too. So horrible don't worry about it. He is. Even so. though he's always on his phone. I'll get to it. I promise. We'll here. <laughs> um, but that's the end of this episode. This was episode four. Follow our Instagram. Follow our TikTok. Yes. We start. We're posting more TikToks now, we and are. we're gonna start getting better about making content. Yeah, and then um, leave a cute little rating. A little we have rating, like five stars please. on Spotify right now. Isn't it super cute? Oh my gosh, that is cute. Share this podcast with people if yeah. you like us. It helps us um just n- it's nice to know people are listening like we're still gonna do it even if people aren't but like it would be cool to like yeah you know if this resonates with you or you think we g- give good advice or just to hear other people going through things that you're going through like oh yeah we're still in our 20s and we're still going through it right send it to somebody who's toxic in your life <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't say anything just send just like, it like bitch you're toxic no you can just cut to this <laughs> clip i'm like your friend thinks you're toxic you need to cut it out or cut it off (laughs) cut it out or cut it off that's the motto because here's the thing too we're coming to the end of the year and i feel like people throw these last couple weeks away because it's like oh it's basically no you still have time you Mm -hmm. still have there's it's never too late to change it's Mm -hmm. never too late to wake up and be like i want more for myself right so don't be toxic 
just listen to toxic by britney spears exactly and listen to our podcast because we'll give more advice come right. on love Owen. you britney love you britney britney is free well from what we know anyways <laughs> <laughs> all right um thanks for listening and we'll see you next week on checked baggage bye everyone bye, bye.